Hey guys, MTB here with a quick announcement before the episode. Just wanted to talk about this one really quick. We are talking about Haven and some things that we'd really like to see added to the game. But you'll have to forgive us for the duo's nature of the conversation. We know there's been some changes, but we've been editing and producing a podcast, whether on this channel or some other ones, basically weekly for the last two years. And at the beginning of this year, we took a couple weeks off. So the conversation around Haven is really relevant to the map and still is, but we know it did change from duos to squads. But everything else in it should be on point, especially the second half of the conversation. So hope you enjoy this. Hope the New Year's treating you well. We'll see you out there on the battlegrounds. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Winner Winner PUBG Podcast. My name is Mike, aka MTB Trigger, and I'll be your host today. And with me, as always, is the other host here at Winner Winner, the One Heart, also known as Kev. We are here to talk about all things PUBG, specifically this week. We're going to talk about Haven, the one by one, the AI, all of the things that have been brought to us with this new seasonal map. But before we get into that, I want everyone to know that support for this show is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use code XPMedia, that's X-P-M-E-D-I-A, at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. The best way you can support the show is to share it with a friend. If you know someone that's playing PUBG or thinking about PUBG, make sure to let them know about the Winner Winner podcast. We also have a direct support option through our Patreon. Thank you so much to the patrons that continue to support with their hard-earned money and they send a little bit our way. That's amazing. Thank you. And lastly, it's our social channels and YouTube. Make sure to follow us there. And you can find me a couple days a week on Twitch. As I said, it's MTB Trigger. And I'm also on Twitter and Discord as well. But Kev, how are you, man? How's everything going? I'm doing great, man. I can't complain about not having enough games to play lately. Uh, I can only complain about having too many games to play lately. You know, it's great. Speaking of games to play, I'm really back now with PUBG and enjoying it a lot. It's been so much fun to play this new map. It's definitely refreshing, a nice new take, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I've been kind of all in on PUBG the last couple months. Haven was actually a nice breath of fresh air in what may have turned into a lull for me after a while. And I'm with you, man. I've been enjoying the heck out of this patch and I'm kind of excited to dig into it because you and I have had the chance to jump into some games. We've had some great games. We have some crazy situations. And I've also been loving the other maps as well. So I'm uh, I'm with you. Let's uh, let's jump straight into it, man. I do want to make sure that we talk about some of the crazy events we had too. So make sure make sure to remind me as we get further in. But let's uh, let's start with what everyone's been jumping into in duos and the uh, Haven. So uh, you want to go over the uh, details? Yeah, so before we jump in, you know, we always kind of start off an episode by talking about the game we played just beforehand. And with the holidays, we didn't do that today, but we did get some games in uh, this past week or so together and had some really good success. And some of you might know, you know, I, I spent some time the past few months playing uh, Apex a lot and, and wasn't focused on PUBG as much. And 
you know, I always find that when I come back from such a movement-focused and long-time-to-kill game like Apex, I come back to PUBG pretty strong. But I did have a little bit of trouble getting back into PUBG. In terms of just remembering the recoil control, I mean, obviously, you just pulled down. But it had been a while, so I was kind of forgetting that. But we played 12 matches, got two wins, and probably five second-place win, you know, finishes. So, Oh, yeah. Some of those games were absolutely nuts. I stuck with the Bolty, which was still pretty tried and true for me. I had a lot of success with that, but I found myself using SMGs a lot uh, just to get a chance to not, not miss my shots, really. And it felt good because I felt like I was snapping to targets pretty fast, but just kind of losing it a little bit, especially if I had a barrel because it's kind of hard to kit up really fast on this new map if you don't get to the pillar guards fast enough. Even then, you might not get all the attachments you want like a compensator. But yeah, it's been really fun to come back, and I felt like it only took a few games before I was kind of back in the rhythm with the movement speed and, and you know the time to kill and everything. Seemed pretty, pretty good coming back. Yeah, I think the thing that I noticed most about your gameplay was when you play a lot of duos, which is basically the only mode that I play now. I'll jump in squads and have some fun, but the one I take seriously is duos. You start to notice things like when you can count on your teammates, and what situations can be scary. And the scariest situation in duos is when you're knocked, and there's two members of the enemy team that knocked you in relatively close proximity. And this happened a few times in the early games that we played, and basically in every single game, where I was trying to be aggressive, just thinking like, okay, he's coming back from Apex, this is the first time we're really going to get some games in. Like, we caught a game or two here and there, but this was, this was when we got some time in. And I distinctly remember the first time where I went down and I was like, oh man, I just left him in a bad spot. I'm in a bad spot and he's going to have to clutch this out. And I just remember like beaming, like I was smiling because you absolutely wrecked the other team. And I'm not even sure if you took damage, but I was like, oh my gosh, he just killed both of them. And it was from that moment where I was like, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun because it's one of those moments where you just don't expect it, you know, where someone's coming back. It's, you know, a couple of weeks off of the game and then like, OK, well, 2v1, we probably I'm, I'm in the mind of resetting to the next game and you clutched it out. And I think we went on to get second in that game the first time it happened. But it was a, an amazing sequence. Yeah. And I posted the other one that I think you might be talking about to Twitter, uh, which is just from a replay. So it doesn't look too great. You know, it's got names above everything, but. Um, it was actually a clutch out for the win where we were holding one of the one of the better buildings uh, in a late circle with like five up. I'm able to get a knock on a guy who I'd been kind of trading back and forth with. And then the other guy came and just call you a little off guard when you tried to push onto the knock and uh, he knocked you or got you pretty low. And I was able to loop around, re-knock the guy that I just picked up who actually had time to fully heal just because of like how hard it can be sometimes to to make a rotation like that in some of these buildings with just the ways you can get out and stuff. And uh, I'm able to re-knock him or then finish and full kill the other guy. And so now it is a 2v1, but you got knocked from behind by that one because the dude snuck in like a ninja and you were like, oh crap. And so I push in and I'm about to make a play towards this guy, but you look at the zone and you remind me, hey, you can just play zone here. Why don't you back up? So I did that. I backed up, went back around the fence and I was just in the open in the middle of the street. And I just made sure the guy couldn't push and see me from the street. And I held the fence line and the zone pushed him in. And I was able to have like, honestly, the easiest, most predictable spray into the last guy. But it felt pretty nice to come back and clutch up for someone who's usually the guy clutching up for me. I think on the last episode, we talked about a game where 
you had nine kills to my one and I was really shaky on things. And so <laughs> to kind of flip the script a little bit there and get the last three kills for the win, it felt pretty good to be like, okay, I, I'm actually back. And I think, I think I finished that game just kind of screaming at you, I'm back, baby. <laughs> it was either that or when I got like a nice car 98 shot. Um, and sorry if that's loud, everybody, that, that definitely spiked up on my audio track right there. But yeah, it was pretty good to come back to that. We had another really funny win. It's uh, 2v1v1, and I have an arm. I'm in three year. I'm feeling great. And I'm trying to get this guy that Mike is kind of trading back and forth with. I don't see that Mike kills him. And at the very same moment, I get shot in the head with a car 98. But thanks to my level three helmet, I don't die. So Mike's able to quickly look over, and he sees a Molotov basically on the ground. And he's like, oh, there's a guy over there. He just starts spraying. And then the game ends. And we realize that the new truck that comes around had actually fired a Molotov on this poor player who had just shot me in the head and probably, under most circumstances, knocks me. And he got hit with it. He unfortunately laid down. And you can't really stop, drop, and roll in a Molotov. It doesn't, doesn't really work. So we won the game because of the truck, which was funny. So we'll talk about that. But that was another fun win I think we had from that day. It was pretty good. Yeah, I- I'm excited to dig into the truck because I've had some crazy, crazy interactions, especially in the late game. But I actually just played a game right before we got on. I know we didn't get to do one together, but I had an incredible win just now. And the moment in the middle of the game that I'm thinking about, I actually had a gas can and (laughs) I, I, I can't believe this worked, but I had a gas can. I went into a commander building, killed the commander, and then I lined the floor inside of that room and then just outside of the front door with the gas can and I threw the gas can into the smoke and then I was in the next building and I heard another team run up and so I'm posted up and then here comes Pillar Tactical which is the the truck that shoots and we'll get into more of exactly how it works but this truck starts shooting at those guys and then it shoots the Molotov in and lights the gas can on fire and knocks one of them it it didn't end up killing them but it got it gave me the gas can kill or the gas can knock <laughs> because it lit it on fire. And I was just dying laughing. I didn't push. I didn't do anything because I was just laughing. And it, so some of this stuff on this new map is just incredible. So, yeah, that, that was great because we honestly had no idea. I know you didn't have an idea the guy was alive. I was shooting at him, but I was missing. And I honestly thought I killed him with my spray. And when we went back and watched, the end of that game that you were just talking about, he went down to the Molotov because he accidentally proned out because I think he took damage thinking it was from you, but it was actually him being set on fire by the truck. Yeah, it was crazy. We actually we do have a clip of that from your perspective, so we can we can put that in the show notes. So, yeah, I mean, the tank is really cool. The pillar tactical tank. And then there's the the helicopter, which just has a spotlight. And I actually had both of those things work against me and for me for a clutch win it was like the most broke win i've ever had in PUBG. where i and i say broke but i had an arm in my hands from early but i had no meds and i'm running away from teams and there's like seven players left i run all the way away push down to the coast and i'm in the middle of this field by by the coastline when the helicopter comes and spotlights me which is when the player that i'm pushing towards and i'm about 150 meters away from then realizes oh there's light he looks and I had just enough time to like aim in with my AWM and this guy, while he's pulling out his car 98, just got absolutely beamed by me. But he wouldn't have looked at me at all had I not been put on the, put in the spotlight. So it was kind of cool to have that and then use it to my advantage somehow. I go in, I take all of his meds and I now post up where he is. And one of the guys that have been chasing me and damaging me for a while 
is now basically following my footsteps and I don't know. And so he's almost exactly where I was when I got my kill to get in that 1v1 when the tactical tank comes and starts pestering him and actually hits him for about 25 health. I see that, I hear it, I look over, and this guy doesn't even have time to get a shot off as well. He aims, maybe fires once, but all I had to do was hit him in the chest for the win. It was pretty cool to come back from being like, I don't even have bandages or an energy drink. I am broke to getting what I need, getting into a good spot, and winning the game like that. It was pretty cool to have the PvE elements go against me, work for me, and then ultimately work for me for the win. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Well, let's let's uh, let's break down this new map so that we can dig more into those things, because while we've had some really cool situations on this map, I think it opens up tremendous opportunity for new maps, new modes and the future things they're going to bring out with the game. So Haven is the new map. That's what we've been talking about. The high level details are it is a one by one. It is the smallest map to date. It has a maximum right now of 32 players. And it is available in duo, or you can queue in into a solo duo. So there is no just solo mode on the map. It's duos or solo duo. The AI that we've been talking about comes in a number of forms. There are pillar guards and a pillar commander, which will occupy buildings signaled by red lights as you're dropping into the map, or if you come across them while you're moving. So yeah, there's the the red lights, and then there's the blue pillar smoke by the doorway, and all of these buildings only have one door to get in. And you'll also be able to just kind of hear a faint radio static, and that'll also indicate that the guards are in there and waiting for you. And that's actually the noise of the loot crate that you can get at the end. Correct. Yep. So the pillar guards and the pillar commander, they occupy a building. There's only one way in, one way out, and they're guarding a supply stash. Now, the commanders will often have really good loot, oftentimes a crate weapon and level 3 gear, but on the commander, there is a supply cache key that turns off the static noise and opens the cache, which will have level 3 gear and then crate weapons. I have seen it contain a DBS. I don't know if that's intended or not, but it has had a DBS in it on the new map. Overall, it's intended to be really good loot. So it is a high priority, and you'll see many players trying to gear up quickly and rotate through and kill the guards and commanders. Now, the interesting part about the guards and commanders is they are not necessarily easy to kill. I mean, if you make a mistake, they will hunt you down and kill you. Yeah, so there's three pillar guards and then the commander, and you don't necessarily need a lot of loot. And like Trigger said, you can you can look above and see if there are four blinking red lights that'll indicate the commander's building and there's not just one per map there's usually three or four um it might be three max i'm not really positive on this no it's i think it's more than that potentially i think it's i think it can be upwards of six actually yeah and and i've seen plenty of times where two of those contestable buildings are actually right across the street from each other so you can you can have teams both coming out with three gear and running right into each other which is interesting they're semi-predictable and also hard. So once you get used to each type of building, you will begin to understand where the guards will stand. And they, they are kind of just standing still waiting for interaction. But the moment that you fire at them, if you fire at the first guard, damage them even just a little bit, they tend to sprint and just rush completely at you. And I think it, up to two guards will just sprint at you entirely. I've even seen all of them sprint down the steps and towards you. 
and it can be pretty hectic. They also are pretty tanky at times, especially the commander just because he's wearing the three gear. But that said, I mean, once you get used to the rhythm of it, it's not super hard and you don't really necessarily need a lot of gear. Uh, Trigger and I, we've done it with just like pump shotguns and no armor. And you just kind of kill the first one and like quickly get your armor and helmet from him and then keep pushing. It's definitely possible to isolate 1v1s or 2v1s against these guards, but you just got to get used to it. It's just one, it's, it's about repetition. Once you do that, it's not the hardest thing in the world, but it's not free loot either. Yeah. And I actually have to say, I'm super impressed with the initial balance of the guards and commanders for a number of reasons. I think for veteran players, like you said, after you go and do this a few times, it is kind of a rinse and repeat, but it's still not that easy because sometimes the commanders will mow the first person down. Like it seems to be like a one in five chance the commander just just owns you uh, and your teammate then has to finish it or revive you and reset or whatever. But I think it's really neat that it is a repeatable thing and they are kind of predictable because for a new player coming onto this map that hasn't mastered the guns, that hasn't mastered peaking and all of that, it's cool that there's these little mini events that you can learn how to clear a building, right? Be ADS'd in and strafing and find the guard and kill him. And then you got to tactically get the next one. Then you have to think about people coming to your position and all of that. So I think it's a really good progression for a new player, which is why I think it's a phenomenal addition. But I also think it's pretty well balanced on the other end too, because the one way in, one way out provides safety for somebody who doesn't have as much time in game but it actually provides threat for somebody who's a veteran and there's other veterans around. Because oftentimes, a bunch of teams will land nearby, and if you run in quick, you can almost guarantee somebody's coming in behind you. So the one way in and one way out is really nice from a defensive standpoint, but if you have to leave, you can get in big trouble. So I think this is where it's balanced, because you go in, if you're a veteran player, you go in, you clear it, you get all the loot, and then when you're leaving, you have one option. So there can be other players holding that door or that gate or whatever the entrance is, and all of the other ones are sealed off. So you run the risk not only of dying from the AI, but you also take away one of the key elements in the battle royale in the open battlefield that is not necessarily going where people know you're going to go, or they don't know exactly where you're going to come out on the other side of a hill. In this scenario, you have to come out that one door at some point. Mm -hmm. And that makes it super dangerous. And I love the balance aspect of that. Yeah. And another thing that's interesting and worth noting is that when you as a player kill a guard or a commander, it does not come up in the kill feed. But if a guard or a commander knocks or kills you, it does show up as guard killed player or commander killed player. So. I've had it work for and against me. If you get knocked in the early game against the guard or commander, you can pretty much guarantee that another team is going to see that, realize how close that was based on the gunfire, and then try and push in pretty quickly because they know that you're now maybe still fighting commander, your other teammate might still be fighting commander, rather, and that they're going to be trying to pick you up, gear up, and do all these things in a very short amount of time. So if they're already close, now's the time for them to spring into action. I've also had it backfire on me where I've sprinted towards this, thinking they might still be in the middle of fighting, and they were actually just waiting and holding the door, and I wasn't quite prepared. But it's something to think about. And you also mentioned, you know, strategy with key is once you kill the commander, if you don't have to pick up your buddy, the first thing you need to do is run to the commander, grab the key, and then open that crate so that you stop getting that static noise. 
Because that static noise is enough to muffle footsteps to the point where you might get snuck up on. If you can turn that off, you have a good chance of actually hearing them and being able to hold your angle, prepare, and take them out. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that static noise is surprisingly loud. It doesn't feel too loud when you're fighting the guards and the commander. But then when you're thinking about, oh, someone might be approaching, you got to turn it off ASAP. And I guess the final thing I wanted to say as well about the guards and commander buildings is it's always funny, like once every couple of games, I'll land close to one. You'll see a new player or somebody that's just <laughs> dropping into the map for the first time. You know exactly where I'm going. They'll, they'll drop straight into one of these buildings. Yeah, they, they go in and they just get slain. And you, you just feel bad because it's like, Commander killed so-and-so, and it's like, oh, that was their first time on the map. I wonder if they know that it was the smoke. <laughs> Buddy, you gotta grab a gun first. Uh, and I did it too, actually. Like, I knew the AI was on the map. I didn't know how it showed up. And just by some crazy circumstance, my first time on this map, I jumped to a building that had the blue smoke on it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. There's like, <laughs> There's like smoke burning here. I run in and a guard just levels me. And I was like, oh, man. Okay, well, glad I turned the stream on before doing that. <laughs> yeah. And another thing, you know, speaking of getting sliced and diced by these AI, make sure when you're on your way down, if you see that helicopter that shines a spotlight on you, don't test it. If you try and fly through it, the blades will slice and dice you as well. That's a good kill feed one. Yep. My buddy's first match on Xbox playing it uh, was him being like, I wonder if it'll kill me. And uh, he found out the hard way. <laughs> so it was it was pretty funny to hear that from him and be like that that's the first thing you thought to do and he was like yeah mm -hmm. also good news is that parity between xbox and pc is one day away now uh we got it on the 16th and on the 17th it dropped on to xbox the only difference is that test server was only on pc for the week and then they just dropped it right into xbox and as far as i can tell there were no xbox specific issues with PUBG for this draft. So it seems like it was a really good way to do it. The only thing I can think of is that if this is for other test servers without a new map, PC does have an issue with filling test server queues to actually get the testing that's needed. Whereas Xbox, I think, might play a little more on it. I have no way to back that up. But if that's the case, maybe they do need to do a test server at the same time. Maybe they'll work towards getting test server for both both console and PC at the same time in the future. But it worked really, really well for this new map. I think they could kind of count on it for a new map that people will be playing it a bunch on test server. It was active all week, which was very promising and nice. So yeah, it was a good time. The only thing that was different was once you came back to re playing regular PUBG, you could see your kills in the PUBG reports. Yeah, that that was kind of a, a bummer, right? That the new map doesn't have that. I didn't realize well, that. Well, it just doesn't have it in test server. Because the, oh, the, oh. the API doesn't pull Twitch clips from test server because it doesn't recognize it. It pulls it from Haven though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've gotten them oh, since. Okay, okay. But no, yeah. So I just remember I, you know, I, I killed a certain um, player that's much, much better than me from afar. And he was actually dealing with one of those pillar trucks. And I have a Winchester and I think he had just gotten hit. I just hit him in the chest and killed him. And I was like, I could tell he was wearing three gear. He'd probably been fighting his... <laughs> <laughs> fighting his little heart out and you know he had other teams around him and i'm like 300 meters away just dropping a winchester shot into his chest and crushing his dreams you know i was like i'm so sorry and then i was thinking to myself that it was going to be on pubg report and i'm like sorry dude you're still better i want to fight you 1v1 someday <laughs> in a real way <laughs> you know but then i realized oh it's not going on pubg report so this is i'm just blabbering for nothing right well and so we've brought up the um 
the pillar tactical or the vehicle a couple times. And you mentioned the helicopter and that if you drop into the map and hit the blades, you will die. But this was the uh, other AI element that I wanted to bring up that they've added. And these two things actually work in tandem and they also work individually as well. So the pillar tactical, aka the tank with the turret, uh, will drive around and it has a like Gatlin gun and it also has the ability to shoot off an explosive, which results in a Molotov-like effect and it cannot be killed. Additionally, the scout helicopter flies all over the map, and if somebody remains outdoors too long, you will see the spotlight shine on those players until they gain cover for long enough to have the helicopter turn the spotlight off and then ultimately fly away. But just because it turns the spotlight off, it could still be hovering right over you and spotlight you again when you step out. Now, the way they work together is when the spotlight is on a player that is signaling pillar tactical to that location and it will come to the location or start heading towards the location of that spotlight. So you can stay in the spotlight and if you have high ground, it's not that big of a deal. But if you stay in that spotlight, you just have to know that pillar tactical is going to be outside waiting for you at that location. Yeah, and and the pillar tactical only roams on the streets. Doesn't just like run over all sorts of terrain and stuff like that. So I don't think it's like super crazy. It's also pretty slow, and you can hear it coming. It's about as loud as the loot truck is on Sandhawk. But yeah, it is line of sight. You're now making me realize that when I used the spotlight to my advantage to get the arm kill to make the one v one, not only did I use it to my advantage to kill that guy, but it actually called in the truck probably to start coming towards my location. So that guy who followed in my footsteps, I almost killed him myself, you know? Like, I got the tactical to come in towards him. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that I called it in and it, it ultimately led to his death. Yeah, I, I've actually had that same scenario happen, not as long range, but I was being shot by Pillar Tactical. I was running from it and I ran across this little piece of cover across an opening to another piece of cover. There was four players remaining. It was the end game. And I hunkered down on the other side of, I think it was actually a pillar and some garbage bins or garbage, uh, what are those things called? The, a dumpster. You know, the, a dumpster. <laughs> a dumpster. And I crouch on that and the pillar tactical is coming around the corner. I broke line of sight and it actually turns left and there's two sides to this dumpster that could have been rotated around. The player that was holding the angle is holding it and the tactical truck comes out and he shoots because he sees movement. This is my enemy. And so the pillar tactical starts shooting at him and ultimately molotovs at him and the circle's closing in. So pillar tactical actually molotoved one of the two ways this team could push at me and it allowed me to push around the right side, catch his teammate and then him and then kill the final guy. And I would have never in a million years had that opportunity on any other map because they would have split pushed me or just kept holding the angles and I couldn't do anything because I was out of utility. So, I mean, this thing is, yeah, it's loud. You mentioned it like it, you can tell when it's coming, but there are times when you can do nothing about it. You have to either shoot at the enemy, find the enemy, and this thing's trying to kill you. And it's just an extra element that honestly, sometimes it sneaks up on you. And part of that is because on the other maps, I think we are so used to vehicle noise or the loot trucks on Sandhawk. They're not dangerous, but they're kind of always around. This is not that way. And sometimes it gets involved in ways that you're not expecting. Yeah. And it's more than just like, it's not like a T-Rex where it's just movement based. It is line of sight. 
So if you're like hunkered down, there's a lot of these little trailers and stuff and with like, you know, so if you're looking out at windows near this thing, don't even look at this thing. Not only do you not want to fight it or run across the street when it's there, don't even look at it. It will shoot the Molotovs right at your window. So you can cut off your own angles or even get yourself killed. And this thing has a large area of effect. I, f- I believe it's larger than a Molotov in terms of how big the area is. So don't, don't even look at the thing. Just hide. It will not shoot you behind cover, really. But if you're looking at it and it sees you, it'll get you. So I've been able to like hide behind objects as it passes and it doesn't shoot at me. But you got to be careful. Don't look at it at all. Agreed. And the last big addition or new item to the Haven map is the emergency parachute. So addition to all the AI, they've added the emergency parachute. And this is a one-slot item that takes the position of your utility belt. It's a one-use item, excuse me, that takes the position of your utility belt. It allows you to jump off of high areas and deploy it midair, and you fall safely down. Now, it's not like the parachute that you come into the map on. It basically goes straight down with a little bit of variance. And you do have control over when it pulls. Now, if you're going to be dangerous and pull it closer to the ground, just know that (laughs) I think Kev will probably tell you that it doesn't always go that well, uh, whether it's, you know, you lag or who knows what. But if you're if you're relying on a close to ground shoot, it's uh, it's not always the best tactic. (laughs) It's uh, it's definitely more like a war zone parachute where it just as soon as you hit it it just you just quickly plummet to the ground um but it will save you from taking any damage the thing is is that it takes the place of your belt slot and it's very heavy in your backpack space the couple times that i've tried to use it i've just fallen to my death and then i realize when i check it's because i still have my belt on because it actually didn't pick it up i thought i did but it didn't so you have to make sure you have enough room to hold the thing. So you can't even land and pick one up most of the time. So if you land on a building and think you're able to pick one up and run away, probably can't. And if you get one late game, but you're holding on to too much stuff, you have to be very specific to look and see what am I going to drop to pick this thing up? Because it is heavy. It's kind of one of the reasons that I want to go for the pillar guards every time. More than just wanting to get level three helmet and vest and get like a good, good gun. I want the level three bag so I can carry my normal stuff and a parachute for late game. It's it's that heavy. So yeah, the parachute's really cool. If you're jumping off of a tall building and you're going to try and cross a street, just realize you're going to land in the middle of the street, not on the other side. You will not be that safe. It might even be smart to throw a smoke into your landing zone, which I actually haven't done yet. And I just thought of this, but it might be smart to throw a smoke where you think you're going to land so that you have the ability to land safely and get across the street. It'll take a second before you're on the ground and running. Yeah, and I typically only use these in mid to late or late game, you know, where I was getting some vertical advantage and, oh, crap, now I have to get down because the circle's here. And I haven't thought about that smoke idea, but that's a great, great tactical choice. I'm going to have to try that. You know, throw a couple smokes maybe if you got them. That way you're cutting off angles. But the other thing that is really important on this that you mentioned is how heavy it is. It's shockingly heavy. What happens is you try to pick it up and you get the loot noise on this particular item, and then it'll say on the screen, you'll get a little message that says, item is too heavy, cannot pick up, or something like that. And I've played with a number of people that they fully clicked on it, it made the noise, and then they went to jump and they didn't have it. And the reason they didn't have it was they didn't have enough room. So pay attention to that. I don't know if that's something that could be modified, but I think the sound file probably plays 
with the action so that when it does loot correctly, it sounds right. I don't think there should be a delay there, but it does cause a bit of an issue because it's almost like the space is calculated after the fact. Yeah. Unlike every other weapon. It's a, it's a little awkward right now. I've, I've broken my ankles a few times and had to have friends bail me out. I haven't died, like full died because of it yet. Like to the point where like my teammate couldn't pick me up. But it, it slows you down and it's definitely annoying. Especially if you're not carrying a level 3 bag. You don't have a ton of meds and loot and stuff like that. And you're already running away from teams or something. It can be difficult. I almost wonder if there should be a somewhat distinct noise. Not one that's much louder. I don't need it to be like... A super jarring kind of noise, but a slightly different noise when you attempt to pick something up and it doesn't work. You're out of, you know what I mean? Like, I almost wonder if that should be a slightly different negative kind of cancel noise to distinguish that. That's a small ask, but just, just something I'm thinking of on the fly. Yeah, it's interesting, right? It's it's a really cool feature. I think it's probably not, not the easiest one to implement, and it, and it works pretty well right now. So I'm sure they'll keep iterating on it. But I guess for me, overall, now that we've covered everything that's new on this map... Sorry, we forgot one thing. The time of day on this map is something we haven't oh, brought yeah, up yet. yeah. This map is played at two times of day, nighttime and dusk. And so it's, it's a pretty dark map. There are dark corners for sure, but there's a lot of streetlights and lights on buildings and stuff. So it's not completely in the dark, but it is a much different atmosphere. It's darker than nighttime Vikendi used to be, which please bring back nighttime Vikendi. Minus the wind. Minus the wind. No wind, but the nighttime Vikendi night sky was beautiful, and I miss it. But it, it's it's nice and dark. When you're on top of certain buildings, it can be really nice and dark. It's good that you can find sniping positions that are really strong due to that dark you know cover. Um, it's why the spotlight is so effective and noticeable. Um, obviously, a spotlight during the day wouldn't wouldn't do much for you. But it's really cool. I, I really also like that. It's more of a, they you know they marketed this as like a hide and seek map. You're running, you're hiding, you're going through. There's lots of little tunnels under buildings and, you know, tunnels to cross streets that are underneath the street. There's a lot of really cool things like that that play into that hide-and-seek kind of format. I find it really interesting that that's how they promoted this. When it was originally promoted, I think it got some negative press, uh, especially on Twitter. It, it makes me wonder if the playtesting showed that it was actually a pretty close-quarters combat-heavy map. And <laughs> it was more of a nod to the people that may not enjoy the run and gun play style than it was truly defining the map. Because there's a couple things. One, you can hide and seeking on this map is super challenging because there's a lot of cover all over the place. The reason I think this promotes gunplay is when you knock an enemy because it's duos only. If they're not soloing and they have a teammate, two things happen. One, because it's such a dense map and there's, you know, varied terrain and cover, the partner typically gets or crawls while knocked to cover, and it, it's a fight that has to end it. It's pretty rare that you can flush somebody easily. And I mean, it happens. There are some open spots. But a lot of times I've found that you either have to make the choice, let them reset, throw grenades, or push and not let them get the res off. At least in my experience so far on the map, it's actually led to a significant amount of close quarters combat, which I've really appreciated about this map. Yeah, it's definitely a game that like or a mode that's, that's actually pretty aggressive. You can try and run away. You can try and do things. But most of the time you do have to fight it out. It's a pretty fast game mode. Yeah, the fights do have to happen. I think that one of the interesting other like last things we might want to mention is something that Dave Kerr talked about, which was how the loot crate 
went from being something that you had to go to, it was outside, to the move to the pillar guards where you have to go inside for things and you often are forced inside of buildings more often. So you're fighting indoors more, you're doing that close quarters combat instead of getting picked off at a crate by someone long range with a sniper you're getting picked off by someone who's right up into your face. So I think we talked about that maybe on just the the short announcement, but that is an interesting way to go from outside fighting over crates to this loot's inside. You have to fight to get just to get it, and then you might have to fight your way out, as we talked about. Right. No, that's awesome. And I agree. It, It sort of flipped the script. It added some new elements in. And, you know, Dave talked about how the smaller maps are to test features. They are to make sure that things work before they develop a larger map experience and they don't want to test new things on larger maps, at least as far as mechanics and AI goes. So that's why I think this is such an awesome map because it plays really well out of the gate. They've upped the loot by 20%. There was some concerns about backpacks and I think crossbow quivers or something, but they're already modifying loot slightly. And I think as this map just continues into its season. I think we're going to see it end up in a really cool spot. But to me, it speaks to PUBG trying new things, switching old things that are, you know, the standard crate out in the open to no, let's put the crate inside and guard it. Let's flush people out of the open and force them inside versus the black zone, which was flushing people out of cover and forcing them outside. I mean, it's flipping everything on its head and it leads to fun, exciting gameplay. If they can do this on a one-by-one map and 2021 is supposed to be the year of PUBG big maps, they're going to finally release some new big maps, that gets me really excited because this hits really well with me. The duos experience, the AI, and the the combat is just really fun. Yeah, and I don't know if I would want AI on a big map, but it would be interesting to see something maybe like Apex with loot zones. Every time an apex you drop, there is a blue circle over a certain area of the map, and it'll have increased or higher tiered loot just strewn about, which makes it very contestable, and it could be good for getting people into action quickly, while also just making sure it's not just like, we go pachinky for the hot drop. It's like, no, 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 the hot drop could actually be Gatka or you know even Zarki or something random, lead people somewhere different on a new map or on an existing map, that could be an interesting thing. Another thing, you know, you mentioned that they increase backpacks on this map, but I have still found that if I don't go for the pillar guards to get my level three backpack, that I have had some times where I land on a tall high rise and I spend the entire first loot up time before the circle comes and pushes me out looking for a backpack and passing up a ton of loot. Quick, fast paced map like this. I almost wonder if we're going to do small two by twos and one by twos, that on those maps, maybe you just drop with a level one backpack and then you can loot up from there. You know, like you can get a level two if you find one and then get a level three. Like, I don't think a backpack should be something that we're spending as much time looking for if you're not the type to go and, and push the guards. My initial reaction was similar to yours, but as I've thought more about it, let me see if I can change your mind. The more I've thought about it, the more I realized that if they increased backpacks and made it easier to collect loot, that favors the veterans and the high playtime players significantly because if you can land with a bag or get a bag, loot up really quickly and go kill the commander, it's going to be hard to contest that or even get there for somebody with less playtime. And I think it would just be too heavily leaning towards 
you know, players like you and I, honestly, because if we could loot up and go faster than we can already go, it's going to be a loot scoop and out because we can just pick up everything on the way. Right now, I actually think it's interesting for high playtime players to figure out, okay, I hit this building. There's all kinds of stuff here. I need to min-max and get out of here quick if I want to kill those guards. So I think it allowed for balancing more on the commanders, the stash, and the guards versus balancing on the loot. So I think that's why I think it was actually a really cool decision that it wasn't too easy to loot up in the beginning of the game. No, I disagree because when I play with higher level players or just veterans, right? We are just going for the commander every time, almost every time, which on one is just repetitive. It doesn't allow for much variance. But two, when I played with players who hadn't played in a while or just don't have nearly as much time in PUBG, it's not to say that they don't have a lot of time playing other games on PC and a lot of other shooters, but we were doing things differently and we were landing in high rises completely uncontested. But then not only do those buildings take a while to loot, but I'm going from the top all the way to the bottom and not finding a single backpack for myself, having to cross the street and knowing that I left tons of loot in that building that I can't go back for. And now I'm just, I spent 10 minutes while someone else has the level three gear, all this other stuff, or they don't have the zone pushing them. And it's all because of no backpack. So I'm literally left with like 30 bullets and like a pack of bandages and that's it. And I think that's kind of taking away from anyone who wants to play any different way other than I'm going to go push commander. Interesting. I I guess I haven't landed on the perimeter a whole lot, but the times that I have, if there was not a commander building in that area, looting was pretty mellow. And because of that, you had time to go find a bag and everything. So I don't know. I'm not sure if it's just the commander balancing or if it's, you know, allowing people to land on the perimeter and the circle settings as well. But I, I see your point. I still lean towards it's okay to not find everything you need fast on this map. And I think similarly, it's like Karakin, right? This kind of happens on Karakin sometimes where you don't get everything you need right away. Maybe there was some complaining about that, but it's not nearly as vocal. And the only real difference is the commanders, right? So I, I guess I would be really curious what a new or returning player after a long time, if they were really upset about it or it was just kind of a minor annoyance, it's definitely different than the other maps. That's I would definitely concede that, but I, I still think it's okay. I've landed middle map, but on a big building that should be a target for more players and, and things like that, right? But it's been five to like eight minutes sometimes before I've found the bag, and I've passed up so many things that I want, but I just cannot pick up. I have everything I need but the bag. I know where everything I need is, but I can't get it. And it's like, this is supposed to be a map where you kind of pick up your stuff, keep moving and go. And this forces you to backtrack and do all these things or run into zone with nothing. And then you're just like, great, now I have to fight the commander loot team who has everything in the world while I have literally nothing. It's definitely unrewarding. So if you're any type of player other than the aggressive type uh, who's pushing this, then I'm wondering like how you can play that way or or just like it just makes certain areas like I'm not going to go loot a high rise anymore because it's just inefficient. And if I can't get a bag, there's really no reason. So what are are people only going to go into those late game? I mean, there's more to play out and there's more for us to like figure out, but not being able to find even a level one bag and then end your game ending pretty much feeling like, well, it's because we wasted all this time looking for the one thing that lets you pick up anything else. It's like, come on, like, I I just don't want to deal with it. And I've had players who were like, I'm getting tired of this map. I can't find, you know, I can't even find a bag to get going. 
let's go play something else. I guess I just haven't experienced that personally a whole lot. Well, yeah, because we're level three geared every time we're playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, we did a couple tests where we weren't and we by and large got pretty lucky to find two bags. But like I said, I played with other people who don't play very often and we tried looting some high rises and three out of five games are spending time just looking for bags. Yeah, I guess I just, I don't know, man. I'm not sold on it because I think that having players having to move between multiple structures to loot up. I've had scenarios where I didn't find a bag in the first building or two, but then I'll find one. Then you have to go back. And I think forcing that mobility in the early game on the smaller map is okay. I, I think it's okay. I don't think it's perfect yet. And I think them adjusting the loot so quickly after launch suggests they don't think the map's perfect yet either. I just don't know that it needs a wild shift. It may be, you know, we, I don't think we need a, you know, 90 degree course correction. Maybe it's 10 degrees. It, it doesn't seem like we're super far apart. Like it, there's probably a good balance between what I think is an interesting decision and what you think is an annoyance as far as loot. I don't think it needs to swing all the way to one or the other. I mean, maybe they just have guaranteed backpack spawns on the, the high rise buildings because it takes actual years to walk down. And like I said, if you land and you don't find a backpack, you also can't get a parachute. So you can't even jump off with this new feature. So you're literally just running down, running down, running down, trying to check for loot. Maybe I can find a backpack on this floor. Nope. And like I said, if you do it that way, if you land on a high rise and are looking for loot and you don't find the backpack, you're just wasting so much time. You're just playing loot simulator. Yeah. You are just playing loot simulator. Past that, you're not even picking up the loot. You're just looking at it and going, can't get that, can't use this, can't use that. <laughs> and and, it, and if you do that yeah. three games in a row, I guarantee you're going to be like, let's go play the main maps or let's go switch to another game or whatever. You know, you, you might be like, forget it, I'm going to go loot commander too. But if that isn't your play style, uh, which I think players who don't have as much time in the game are going to, you know, not be going for commanders often, then it gets annoying and it gets tiring. And then you run out and you see a level three geared player and you're like, dude, I don't have anything. But I really do think this is a great map to come back to PUBG on. Uh, it's so easy to jump in. The games aren't super long. But like I said, it's just like maybe put some guaranteed backpack spawns on the top of the big building so you can kind of get going. Because there's not, not loot on the roof, really. But other than a couple parachutes, put a few guaranteed level one backpacks on every roof like that. And maybe we'll maybe maybe I'll stop complaining about it for the players like that. Do you think it would work out if the emergency parachute could be a level one bag that would butcher the level two and three bag. I just wonder if there's a, a way that it could work or if it was like a different class of bag, like maybe you could pick it up and stuff some stuff in it. You know, that way, like if you do land those buildings, you can at least pick some stuff up. I mean, I think, I think to your point, you wouldn't be able to use a parachute otherwise. You know, you'd only be able to have a level one bag with a parachute that's one time use. I think that would be annoying. I just honestly, I just think that if you're going to go into a high rise, you should be able to find a bag. And uh, I've had games where both of us didn't have, me and my teammate didn't get a bag until we reached like the bottom floor or crossed into another building. Yeah, that, that does feel a little bad. At that point, you've spent like five to ten minutes or something, and you're still looking for the most basic thing. It does not do anything other than give you other space for other tools. At that point, I'm like just tired of doing it. Yeah, I guess the other thing is, as you were talking about this, I love the north side of the map. And I almost exclusively drop on the north side. I just think the rotations and all of the buildings up there, I just really think that's a cool area. And so I find myself on that side of the map whenever I can go there. And my time playing in the high rise location is just significantly less. 
because I, I love the outdoor combat in PUBG. I don't particularly like clearing buildings and all the angles that can be held. So I, I typically avoid them. So that's that might just be a difference in play style and where we're perceiving the difference on that particular item. So I think your point's super interesting. It's just not how I typically play. So I haven't experienced it a whole lot. Yeah, one thing to keep in mind is uh, if you do go into that more urban area, you can do what my friend was doing. He was treating all the fighting in there as a uh, preparation for Streets of Tarkov. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, this is kind of cool. So that's just something for you to keep in mind. Maybe you can go practice your uh, your million angle kind of fighting there. Although I think it'll be used. I think the different angles will be used more in Tarkov than PUBG. But that's just one thought. But that's why we were there more too is because he wanted to do some more urban combat. But then we were finding that we couldn't find anything. So anyway, that's just that's just the thought. It's more of a high rise complaint about backpacks than an overall backpack issue. But you know, for such a big building to not get something is like dude, I looted thirty rooms. <laughs> like. Yeah. But anyway, that's enough complaining about backpacks. If if it's just easier to get them, like I said, put them on the roof. Pretty much there's no complaint anymore from me. But most of the time, I'm, it's not a problem. I usually have a level three backpack and gear and I'm happy. You know, happy camper. So I honestly have very few complaints about the map. I'm kind of like you. Like there's a couple things that I'm like, oh, that could be a little better. Or that could change slightly. And we've hit those. Yeah. But overall, I just I think they did a great job on this map. I think it's worth checking out for someone that hasn't played PUBG in a while, or it's a great map to start on PUBG because you have some AI elements that can help you with some gunplay practice. If you get a chance to run into the commander buildings, it's a, it's only a duo. So, you know, you're not forced into squads like Paramo was. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it provides a pretty cool, unique experience that PUBG didn't have before. Yeah, duos is a huge, huge reason I've been playing more of this. I really hope that this map goes into a, a regular pool and doesn't go away. And I really hope we get the chance to play Paramo Duos one of these days because oh yes, it, it's such a cool map and such a cool concept, but it felt foreign to me because I didn't like playing squads that much. I'll do it, and I've you know I've had some fun playing with you know you and J Mac and some other guys recently. You know we've had some crazy games, but by and large, if I'm playing squads, I want to play that on a giant map. If I'm playing right. a small map, it feels better to play duos. So. I would like to see Mega and Mini Royale, as you talked about in your little recap of the partner discussion with the devs, and then have both of those maps in there. Just faster games, more duos. I would actually play the Mini Royale if both Paramo and uh, Haven uh, were both in there as a duo option. Oh, absolutely. I think Mini and Mega Royale would be amazing, especially for the uh, NA, mm -hmm. NA region. That might not be the case everywhere, but I think that would hit pretty well here. So I agree. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, if you can get Erangel, Miramar, Bikendi, and this new big map all in one queue, there's going to be people who play that nonstop. And then you put everything else in the mini, including these limited time maps, and we could play them in duos. I know that we'll still play them too. I will play all the oh, maps yeah. regularly, and I will switch between the two queues depending on do I want to play a tactical game where I take my time and I do big rotations. Or do I want to just rush things? I think Sandhawk might be the only one that feels like it might not fit in either. I definitely wouldn't want it in a Mega Royale. You know, it's still too small for that. If you go from Karakin to Paramo to Haven, and then you play Sandhawk, that might feel a little, a little jarring as well. So, I don't know. I'm not sure how exactly they'd split it up. I, I think Sandhawk fits more as a small map. Mm-hmm than it does as a big map so it seems like that would naturally be the right method but i think that'll largely depend on 
the bigger maps and what they look like as they come out. So um, we talked about bag space. Maybe I talked about it too much. Sorry for anyone who's just annoyed and telling me to shut up about it. But if you are trying to keep in mind what you carry, where you might not have that level two bag, you may be stuck that level one rucksack. In that case, it's worth realizing that one painkiller is roughly equivalent to two and a half energy drinks or something like that while having a slightly longer cast time. So not only is the painkiller faster to take, but you can carry more of them. This is why pros tend to carry more energy drinks and maybe just a single painkiller to help them out at their knock uh, because they can carry five, six of these energy drinks and not have it, you know, taking up most of their bag space. We're talking about this just to remind you about boosting because you're probably playing in and around the blue more on Haven. So at level one boosting, you get one HP every eight seconds. Once you reach the second area, you get two HP every eight seconds. And then level three is three HP every eight seconds plus two and a half movement speed increase. And level four, when you're fully maxed out, you get four HP every eight seconds plus 5% additional speed. So think about your painkillers and your energy drinks and think about which ones you're carrying if you have a chance you might want to just load up on the energy drinks and keep a painkiller on the side and then always remember the adrenaline syringe is nice but man that takes up a lot of room it got a slight ui tweak which is why we brought it up here because it was in the notes and i actually didn't know how much hit points per second that it was actually healing so i think this is cool i knew the speed buff at the top two levels but it's it's kind of nice to know like okay so those little breaks in that boost meter on the bottom signal what's going on in the various stages so it's a good reminder that was in the patch yeah and like i said i don't know the exact weight but i know it's you can carry a lot more energy drinks than you can painkillers so yeah and i think the cast time's the really big part yeah right it's nice late game if you're trying to keep your boost up it's nice to just refresh it with an energy drink versus the longer time of painkiller you can painkiller in the middle of fighting like you can get a knock push behind cover for a second, pop one of those, and then come out to try and finish your fight. Uh, you'll see a lot of high-level players make time to take a quick energy drink mid-fight to try and get that one or two ticks that might leave them after the fight at one HP that they wouldn't have had and they would have died otherwise. So you see that little difference there from them topping their boost back off mid-fight. And you're like, what are they boosting for? This is crazy. But they get it done so quickly, and then they pop over and they finish the fight. And it's better than just that idle time holding your angle because you might already know right. if they're pushing or not. So, No, oh, I agree. I think that's a good point. Uh, something else that they added in with this latest patch, which you may have missed if you just jumped right into Haven, is that after you win an FPP match, you can actually switch to TPP and use your emotes. And it's the same emote button to celebrate, but you can actually celebrate with your emotes and your dances after winning an FPP now. Which is, which is really kind of funny. The other addition that they did with it was you can actually use your emote wheel in the lobby when you're on the screen waiting for a match to pop. So yeah, whether you, you know, troll your friends with the throat slit or, or whatever it is, but you can actually have some fun in the lobby now while you're waiting for a cue to pop. Yeah, and I just want to point out that it's really nice that it's only after a win that you can do this switch to third person during it. Um, we don't need to have any Call of Duty blackout emote problems that we had back with that game which did get patched out but people would basically get on a roof or, or somewhere get into a corner and it's a first person game but they would use the emote and they would do like a sit emote and just be able to get free intel and it was pretty busted it didn't last very long but it was pretty busted so i'm just glad that that's not an all the time thing because i would definitely see people using it to gain intel 
in first person and kind of just weaken the competitive integrity that that we like FPP for. So, I do think it's a nice bonus to give FPP players, though, seeing a show off your skins or costume or whatever you want to do, which is really hard to see in the rest of an FPP match. So it's kind of a cool way to to show that stuff off. I think it's a great change. Yeah, it feels pretty weird to do emotes in uh in the lobby or in the game as first person. <laughs> like, you know, I love the one where you do a handstand and kick your legs around, but it just looks super weird. You're just heads on the ground for a second. And you're, it, you probably look funny to your friends, but to yourself, you you can't really appreciate it as much. So right. Uh, I do like I do like that. I'll have to try it. I'll have to remember what my button to switch perspectives is because I don't I don't play TPP often enough. I think it defaults V, I think. Oh, V is my vault, so. Yeah, well, yeah. well, I'll probably put it on a random, random key, because I think when I do play TDP, I switch my push to toggle my mouse to the toggle perspective, so. I think mine's like shift P for perspective is what I changed mine to. <laughs> Super far it's away. what I remember. Super <laughs> uh, yeah, far I like, away, yeah. I don't, I don't need it, so I put it way over there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably do something similar, like, the, you know, my question mark key or something. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's pretty cool. The other one that I think is actually uh, really neat is they put this metal system in. And I mean, this is something that if you've played Call of Duty, you're probably familiar with where at the end of game, you get badges or medals based on certain feats during that match. So PUBG's added it where you get one for reviving teammates, for winning a chicken dinner, for killing two enemies in the same match from a certain distance and various other medals. Now, the reason I like it is not just because it's kind of a cool tracking system and there's they like tear up and the the metals get cooler looking as you do things more and more often. The reason I like it is one of my favorite things in action RPGs or MMOs, really some other FPS games have them too, but it's achievements. And the mastery system was kind of like gun achievements, you know, getting those maxed out and unlocking all of the charms. But there hasn't really been anything that tracks harder to accomplish things in PUBG. So mastery was kind of like gun leveling. Metal is kind of like on the per game. Here's like your best things that you did during that game. And I hope what this is leading to is a achievement system, like hit a crossbow shot from 150 meters or more, right? Incentivize things that are either fun or cool or really challenging to get, you know, get five shotgun kills in the first four minutes of a match. Like having an achievements page, I think would be really neat. And a lot of times you see games tie these to the player banner, which we can now see in game when you die, you can see the player's level and the banner they've chosen. It just seems like all of this is leading to an achievement system. And I just think that they could do some really cool things. And I do want to specifically point out a game that recently put in an achievement system that wasn't there before, and the game's been out for a long time, and it's Hearthstone. And Hearthstone's a game I played on and off since it came out, and there's times when I've been very into it, there's times I haven't been into it at all. But they released an achievement system, and they added all of these crazy things that you can do with all these characters, or at least try to accomplish Or if you accidentally accomplish it, you get notification of the achievement. And it's just a really cool way to engage players. And I'll be really honest, I was really out of Hearthstone. I was looking at other mobile things like Teamfight Tactics and other like MMO-esque games base builders. But this achievement patch for Hearthstone got me in 
because I wanted to see how hard some of this stuff was to do. And I also wanted to see like things that I've collected or things that I've done. So I love this. I hope it continues to get developed because I think PUBG is one of the few games where you can have the ultra extreme, the memers, the people trying to have fun, trying to look like an action movie hero. And then you can have the people that are trying to win every game and they will do anything possible to win a game. And both of those play styles exist within every single match of Battle Royale, pretty much. And it's the thing that is just absolutely special about this game. And I think achievements could be built for crazy feats on both ends of the spectrum and everything in between. Yeah. Also, the medals look really great, uh, especially as you level them up more and more. Um, One of my favorites of this, and you'll have to go and check it out for yourself, everybody, but the hit and run is for running people over with a vehicle. And it's got like a deer with like a level three helmet or something on it. It was really funny looking, but if you get it to like the mastery level or the the final level, it looks really cool. It's like gold and blue and it looks, it's just funny, you know, to have a deer on there, but all of them look really cool and they progressively kind of get better, which is something that Call of Duty has always done really well with. It's like, as you get higher and higher past your prestige levels and you prestige the max amount of times and you just get into like the 200s and 300s, those medals look really, really great. And they've done that really well with these and sticking with the PUBG theme. I just think they look great. You know, there's Sharpshooter, Headhunter, Up Close and Personal. There's achievements for solo games, duo games, and squads, and just a chicken dinner counter and stuff like that. So they're all great. I really really like them. But Trigger, I don't know if you knew this. There's actually 39 achievements that are tracked via Steam. Yeah, I'm aware of those, but... I just, I, that's not enough. So they need to be, I'm not saying they don't need to be updated. Um, you know, uh, the amount of ones that have actually happened this year for me are, are pretty low. Um, and I need a few, you know, I, the only reason I even realized that they were in there was because the other day, Clay, who's a hot drop member, um, who used to play all the time, he jumped back in and he finally got the shoot the knee achievement, which is an old Witcher <laughs> reference. You know, I used to be an adventurer okay. like you. Before I took an arrow to the knee, you know, and it's kill 10 players with the crossbow. It's a good nod to another game. It's funny, but he, that was his last achievement that he needed to get. He had done everything else. I'm almost there. I now realize I need more crossbow kills. I'm sure you have that one done because you meme whenever your teammates die with them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, most of them I, I got, in, you know, I finished in 2018 when I was still trying to figure out how to play this game. So yeah, so I'm looking and. I, I'm actually looking at it right now, and all most of mine were in 2018 as well, and the last one that I needed was the Fury Road, which was kill 10 players with a gun while in a vehicle. So I unlocked the last achievement on October 4th of this year, with a with a significant chunk of them being done in, in 2018. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool that it's in Steam, but I I don't know. I don't really care about achievements in Steam. There may be people out there that do. I just love going in when I have some downtime and looking at random achievements in games. But I think it needs to be a UI section Mm -hmm. in the game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I could literally think of crazy achievements. And it's basically you could probably go through Reddit and look at clips and basically build an achievement off of all of them. Like hit a no scoped car 98 shot over 50 meters. Right. Imagine people trying to get that. And if you were on the receiving end, like, dude, this guy's shooting at me. He's trying to get that achievement. No, no, no. (laughs) And I could imagine there being a monthly achievement system 
that would actually have people doing these things, like hunting for certain ones in a limited time period and doing yes. silly things, right? Like, like yes. win a game with no helmet on the entire time or something like ridiculous. <laughs> and you're like, there's a, there's a dude with a panda head just shooting at me. He doesn't have a helmet. This crazy dude. You know what I mean? And like, if he kills you, like, God, I hope this guy wins. He might stay and watch him. Pistol only win or, or something. Like, whatever. That's what I mean. Like, I love it. Like, yeah, limited time achievements or seasonal achievements. Like, but all within the game. Yeah, for sure. I don't think that many Steam users are going to be checking their Steam thing. I know on console, like Xbox especially, had achievement hunters for sure. And, you know, yeah. it's in your overall thing. And people be like play a lot of single player games. They might have a ridiculously high amount of achievements. It's also really right. easy to track between your friends on Xbox as to like who has the most wins and who has the most kills. So I always thought that was pretty cool. You'd be like, wow, like I'm, I just passed my buddy on wins. He used to carry me and, and now I'm like, you know, flying past him. That stuff was always cool. But I don't think that PC Steam users are really like, oh, what are my Steam achievements? You know, not too no, often. No, it needs to be in game. It needs to be in game because and it's things like it opens up so many avenues. I love what you said. I loved that like seasonality to it limited time achievements it opens up tons of avenues it incentivizes other play styles like you can use the achievement system to incentivize aggressive players to try to play slow or to try to achieve something that isn't their normal play style like imagine if there was an achievement for winning a game with zero kills right you don't do any damage yeah, passive like the win. content that that would create yeah exactly people do it now they do the challenge but it would be really cool to see the push from the game incentivizing other playstyles. So I, I love what you said. I just think it it's leading towards that and I hope that's what's coming. Oh, and you know a content the content from a pacifist win attempt would be hilarious because I just think back to when both of us spent time one afternoon watching Moses before he like stopped playing. And he was like, Wow, <laughs> yeah. everyone just seems to be proning. I think I'm just gonna do this myself. And he just spent like an entire like three days playing PUBG crawling. and crawling <laughs> through the fields. And he got so close so many times and it was great because he was just chilling. He was talking. It was basically just chatting stream with someone just crawling through fields at the same time. It was hilarious. Yep. And, you know, maybe it pointed out some things with the game that are a little silly, but it was fun. It was funny and it was a good time. You know, even though that was probably one of the few, one of the last times he ended up really playing because it was just, he'd done so much content, was kind of burnout. I wish he would come back and other people would come back, but it was really fun to see. You know, actually recently, a ton of big streamers have been coming back to PUBG. It's actually really cool to see. Yeah. The player numbers show in the Steam charts that people are coming back. You know, and again, there's been a season where that's been going down, but it's it's popped back up for the last three months. And I've seen a lot of returning names. I've seen a lot of new players. And there was a sale recently. So it's been cool to see all of that. They're just doing some really cool stuff. And then they're making tweaks. Like I said, it's not that a lot of these old maps or old systems need 90 degree course corrections. A lot of times it's like a five degree change or a 10 degree change. And it's things like Sandhawk. In the patch notes, they reduce the brightness and they rebalance the overall color scheme and they change the interior of the buildings. They just made it easier to play. That was a, a community feedback thing for a while. And then like TDM, you now have choices on TDM. You can customize your kit. You can store up to five custom spawn kits on TDM. So no longer do you have to go into TDM and you can't shoot certain guns or use certain scopes. You can actually modify and choose what you're doing. And in your inventory, you have all the various scopes. So they're just changing a lot of things that lead to 
a very healthy future for PUBG, which makes me excited because the new map is great. They're adjusting systems. They're continuing to tweak and modify. And I just really, really think it's a it's a good time to be playing this game. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to get a new big map. I'm really hoping that be able to play Paramo again and duos. And there's just there's a lot to look forward to. I'm actually super excited to try out the custom kits and stuff in TDM. You know, practice the barrel more, practice different guns that I don't really use much because I don't necessarily understand them. It's not that I don't use the barrel, but you know, you got to practice with the barrel by using it. So why couldn't I use it in TDM for so long? Well, now you can. You can deck it out however you want. I don't know if there's limitations on this, but hopefully everyone can wear level two gear now. And hopefully uh, you can do like three times scope sprays and stuff like that. Yep. So all the attachments, uh, I don't know about armor and helmet. I think that still varies based on the gun type, which is probably okay. Mm. But you can, uh, all the scopes are in. All the scopes are in. That's good. But, you know, the one thing I always didn't like was that you could run a vector, which still has a great time to kill, and they got level two gear. Or people would get tired and they would switch to the DBS and get level two gear. But then you were stuck on level one gear. And I just feel like it should just be level two gear all around because you're trying to figure out time to kill and how long to shoot. Well, you're never going to fight someone late game who has, I mean, not never, but you're most of the time going to fight people with two and three gear late game when shots matter most. That's not the right practice if most people are running ARs with level one. Yeah, I, I almost wondered if a like sort of a gun game mechanic would be good in TDM, where if you got two kills, your armor upgraded to level two, and then if you got two more kills, you got upgraded to level three, right? So there's an incentive to stay alive on team deathmatch. You know, something where you're shooting against various opponents and you become a, a different opponent. And again, that would open its open up its own sort of weird meta yeah. of what gun would be the best to level it up. But I don't know. I think there's room for tweaks on this too. I don't. I don't think it's perfect giving the ve- you know the SMG users level two gear versus the assault rifles level one. Because you're right. Typically, if you have a fully kitted barrel, you're shooting against level two or three gear all the time. Mm-hmm. Most people are using TDM for practice for their warm up. If you're trying to get the muscle memory down. It's really good for just getting your sprays down and being consistent. And I I found that when I played that pretty regularly before my my Apex break, that my spray was getting pretty good. And I definitely need to go back and do it again because, like I said at the beginning of this episode, my sprays aren't there anymore because I'm just not used to it. Not to say it hasn't come back over the course of these games. Uh, The AK feels really good again. But certain guns I'm just not used to again. It just feels like if you're trying to get that muscle memory down and your timing down for when you can maybe spray transfer to another player, you might end up in a real game playing against level twos and threes and trying to spray transfer too early because you didn't actually get your knock because you're used to shooting level ones in TDM. So from a practice perspective, I just think it should just be twos across the board. I don't really see how that would be super unfair. Most people are going to practice their ARs anyway. No, I agree. I think if there was an easy solution, it would be twos across the board. And if it needs to be dynamic some other way, yeah. I'm definitely, definitely open to that as well. Overall, I'm so happy we get these custom spawn kits and stuff. It's 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 a long time coming. It's really what people needed to be able to practice the way they want to practice. And again, that's what that's what TDM's best for. It's warming up, practicing, getting better. I know players who hadn't played in a year and a half and hadn't played any type of like FPS like this or battle royale that wanted to get back in, but were kind of apprehensive of wasting time looting. And they were playing a lot of TDM and they were like, I'm seeing rapid improvements. So between Haven being a good way to come back and get into the move, you know, the movements again 
and TDM allowing you to practice how you want to practice, this is a really good time for people to come back. I'm excited. The only critique that I have about the new TDM is that every gun's in there except for the crossbow. And I know that it could be annoying to have somebody sniping with a crossbow on the TDM maps, but maybe put put a tracer on it, you know? Make it so you can see where the crossbow bolt's coming from with a tracer or something, and let me shoot. Let I need I need long-range crossbow practice. <laughs> yeah, I always remember people using crossbows in the training ground, though, to just troll people and just have, like, 30 arrows sticking out of them. <laughs> By the time they were done, they kind of stick in your arm and you can't aim as well and stuff like that. Yeah. No, it would be abused if there wasn't something done. I know why it's not there, but no, but it, it <laughs> I did go should, check immediately. It should, no, it should be in TDM because you die right away. You wouldn't have one stuck in you anymore. Uh, unless right. unless there's something weird in the coding where you respawn with an arrow still in your head or something. But no, I, I, I definitely think it should be in there. But yeah, TDM's always been fun. You know, I would love to see some map updates and, you know, location updates or whatever they would call it, at least for a few of them. But I'm really happy to see that. Honestly, this has just been... It's a good time to play PUBG right now. It's been really fun and refreshing to play Haven and just come back and play. You know, everything just feels good from a connection standpoint. I'm really excited for what 2021 is going to bring to this game. Yeah, lots of great stuff in this patch. Haven's great. And I'm just I'm looking forward to the next big map. That's going to be awesome. But having Haven to weave into my duos rotation feels great right now. If you're not a duos player or you haven't checked it out yet, I highly recommend it. It's fun. It's great. And if you haven't been in TDM because you didn't like the choices there, go check it out. You can create five custom spawn kits. It's awesome. But that's that's basically everything that we've got for you today. I want to thank Spiffy Man, as always, for the music. But for Kevin I today, that is it. We'll see you guys very, very soon. Winner, winner. Out. Out.